All right, guys, as usual, we have a fun topic this week. And it's a topic that's been important, I think, in the history of world religions and uh, just in uh, society in general. And the topic is what values are worthy enough for you to give up your life? Right? The question of martyrdom, what we call in Judaism, Yehareid Ba'al Yavor. Because what would the term mean, Yehareid Ba'al Yavor? Be killed then, Al Yavor. Don't transgress the action in question. And if you think about religious history, a lot of religions have argued about this, right? It even comes up, those of you who in Kuzari, the Kuzari says that philosophy tends to not motivate you enough to be a martyr, but religion really, that gives you greater motivation. You're even willing to be a martyr, okay? But obviously Judaism values life greatly because in almost every case, you would actually be told, no, right? Wait, Kubi, how can you be asleep already? I didn't say anything yet. Just because it's not about tefillah. Okay. Wait, Kubi, I heard you put up a big Canadian flag in your room. What happened to your Zionist fervor? <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Okay. Jonah Snowbell, where is he? Jonah Diamond. Okay, you're demolishing him in Zionist fervor now. It's not even close. Okay. So, uh, in any case, so, oh, that, that's where things come up with, okay, what you really, to show how how much you really care about values, what would you really be willing to give up your life for? Now again, as we said, in Judaism, you tend to actually pick life, right? If you're, we all know if you're asked to be Mechal Shabbos to save somebody's life, you're Mechal Shabbos, right? So clearly we value life tremendously, right? If you have to eat, eat treif to stay alive, you eat treif. So again, no one's de- denying that Judaism has tremendous value grants to human life. But the fact that something has tremendous value doesn't mean it always wins. So human life has tremendous value. But there are a couple of categories where it might give way. So let's just get the categories on the board, and then we'll try to figure out what is the logic of the different categories. And based on their rationale, they might play out differently. So I think it'll be a very interesting conversation. So there are basically, again, overall majority of instances, you're supposed to do the Aveira and stay alive. Let's just get the categories where that's not true. Okay, so what are the categories where that's not true? Gumi. Okay, so there's famously what we'll call the big three. Okay, what are the big three? Three are they wrote of significant severity, namely Avodazara, Gilarayot, and Shrikhutamin. Right? Idolatry, sexual crimes, and murder. Those are famous examples where you'd be told, oh, if someone holds a gun to it and says, kill X or I'll kill you, that would be one of the rare cases where you're actually supposed to say, I refuse to do it. Right? You'll have to shoot me, I refuse to do it. Avoiding murder would overcome even the, the value of your own life. Okay, good. So that's true. We'll get to you in one second, Judah. Does anyone know any other categories besides the big three? Okay, Rafi Snowbell. Okay, but what's the case where it's a Chil Hashem? You're, you're right. What makes it a Chil Hashem? Okay. Abner, not, sorry, not Abner. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Excellent. Okay, very good. Good SCR education there. So, as Aiden says, if you do it, you're challenged in a public forum. That somehow changes the dynamic, right? So, or this, mafioso says to you, be Michal Shabbos. If it's just you, you're Michal Shabbos. But if he points a gun in front of you in front of 20 people, then we ask you to give up your life, okay? So we have a second category. Again, category one was the big three. Category two is a public forum, parhesia. Does anyone know category three, Adin? Oh, very good. Okay, uh, deans are on fire here today. Okay, what? Okay, that is a hedging for you. Okay, but I thought you were in the first pair. Uh huh. But I think twelfth grade Rabbi Sugarman's class. Ah, there you go. Okay, Rabbi Ben Sugarman. Okay, yeah, sure. So the third category is a time of religious persecution. There's like a nationwide edict. No one should, you know, give their kid a Brit Milah, or whatever the case may be. So normally you would not be a martyr for those kinds of things. But if someone's trying to stamp out a mitzvah from the Jewish people in a more general way, then you do so. And you know what that's called in uh, Talmudic terminology? Shmat. Very good. Shmat is the term for religious persecution. So I'll take comments in one second, but we all, now we all have the three categories on the board. Again, what are the three categories? The big three Ave wrote. Okay, and... Right. You know, it's an interesting test case. If you ask people, like, the big three, what comes to mind? Because I can think of three possibilities. Either, you know, uh, Churchill, Stalin, and Roosevelt, or, uh, I don't know, uh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh, 
or the big three Averotes. Okay, we're going to go with the big three Averotes, okay? So uh, we have the big three. We've got Parhesia, when it's a public forum, and we've got Shad Hashemad, when it's time of religious persecution. Judah. Um, I mean, I was going to We're going to see right now. Don't worry, that's today's topic. Okay. I guess you also got that from uh, Rabbi Sugarman. Okay, great. So now we're going to ask, are they all cut from the same cloth, these three categories, or are they different? And what might be the parameters that make them different and why? So I think you guys will find very interesting. Dan Berg, you in the corner there? Okay, great. Wait, Dan, you got to keep your welcome despite the teacher? Oh, really? Life is unfair. Okay. All right, here we go, guys. Let us see source one. Okay, so as Adin Blumov said, the most famous sugi is a sugi in Sanhedrin. Let's pay attention to the rationale for all these categories, because we see the rationale is not the same thing. Okay, if anyone needs a sheet, there's still more over here. Guys, luckily today, Rafi Snowbell is in excellent mode and not in bum mode. And, and, that's true. and even though he's not here, we're sure that's true about Maurice also. Okay, here we go. Amrab Yochum Shurishim Yotzadak. Nimnu Vagamu Baliad Balud. Nimnu means they had a count, like the word Minyan, they had a vote. They had this rabbinic vote in the attic in Lud. What they vote? Kol all sins, if they tell you transgress and don't be killed, Yavor you're supposed to transgress. This is just what we all learned in elementary school, the big three. But now things get surprising, guys. Is it really true that you have to die? Famous sheet of Rabbi Ishmael. What does Rabbi Shmuel think you do in Avodah Zarah? You do the Avodah Zarah. So now we have a surprising thing. What we always took for granted, that the big three have to give up your life, Rabbi Shmuel doesn't think so. Rabbi Shmuel thinks, at least when it comes to Avodah Zarah, just do the Avera and stay alive. So I'm already going to ask you to think. It could be we'll get to the answers a little bit later. But do you think Rabbi Shmuel is talking about all the big three, or there's something specific why Avodah Zarah is not like Shvichodam and Arayot? Actually, maybe we already opened the floor, okay? Because again, Rabbi Shmuel has surprised us by saying that idolatry is not a circumstance for martyrdom. You would not have to be a martyr there. Do you think he just doesn't like the idea of martyrdom at all, or he thinks the big three are not cut from the same cloth? Ruven. Okay, excellent. And maybe I, I agree with Ruben's point very much. Maybe I'll go even further. Like, is there a victim? Right? You might say that both in Gilarayot and Shvichadamim, there's a victim. Okay? But regarding Gabbara you know, as it were, God could handle himself. Like, he's okay. Right? And maybe that's part of the difference. Okay, Josh. Can you say further also for Shuba? Like, how you do Shuba in that yeah, scenario? Because if you, like, commit adultery or you murder someone, it's going to be a lot harder to do because that happens. Okay, excellent. Okay, I think you guys are on the right track. Uh, anybody else with a further thought? Yeah, Moshe. Uh, maybe with Avodah Zara, it, it, it's really your intention. And it sounds like, oh, terrific. Oh, I'm like, idol. I'm like, okay, I'll bow to idol, but I'm thinking Hashem is one, Hashem is next. Okay, but I don't know if you noticed the pattern. Moshe Epstein has a good comment almost every sheer Chloe. Okay, way to go there, Moshe Epstein. See, Gooby, you can speak every week, not just when I do Tefillah. Okay. Okay, okay sir, it's not fair because you already spoke this week. Okay, so I think Moshe's really on to something. And he has a far that's so good, although I have to read also. It might make you wonder how, why we disagree with it. Okay, so let's talk about the following. Couldn't you argue that some actions have meaning in of themselves, and some actions are more affected by intent? So let's do a simple example. Murder is a great example. Someone is forcing X to commit murder. Whether or not X wanted to do it or not, if he pulls the trigger, the guy's dead, right? So you might say that is much stronger than what his intent was. Was his intent nefarious? Was his intent not nefarious? Well, the guy's dead at the end of the day. Okay, someone's forcing a person to sleep with his sister. So again, you might, might think about it very differently if he's choosing to do so or he's doing it under the threat of a gun. But at the end of the day, even if he does under the threat of a gun, Sleeping with your sister is a big deal. And if a person did it, right, as Josh Leifa said, it's kind of hard to undo that, right? The act has very strong meaning in and of itself. However, couldn't you argue that idolatry is an act of worship? And whether you're worshiping something is much more a function of intent, right? If I want to engage in paganism, so I'm a pagan worshiper. 
If I'm only bowing down to the idol because someone's pointing a gun to my head, you might argue that's not even an act of worship, right? That is much more function of intent. So if you look at the Tosefes Yom Kippurim, guys, in source two, now this is a very interesting savior for the following reason. Uh, you know, most people, when they write a parish, they write a parish on the entire Mesechet. A man named Ramosh Ibn Chaviv, he had like three prakim he liked. So I, I'm not even aware of anybody else who did this in Judaism. So he has a parish on one parak of Yoma, one parak of Sukkah, and one parak of Rosh Hashanah. I guess he liked, he liked to pick his parak. Okay, so he only wrote a commentary on the eighth parak of Yoma. It's called the Tosefet Yom Kippur. Let's see what he says here. He says, Daha, by the way, in case those of you who were bet in Sukkah last year, we did Sukkah last year, right? If you ever did a Kapo Tmarim, he's the Kapo Tmarim. He wrote a parish just on the third parak of Sukkah. Okay, he always picked the best parak. Josh Milstein, that could be you. But you could do all of Shas. That would be a great move. You write a parish on one parak of all of Shas. I, I think it would be really interesting. Uh, I think it would be really interesting. Uh, okay, that's true. Okay. Uh, that's true. Uh, all right, I'm not going to do Okay, number two. Now, just realize, guys, Rabbi Shmuel admits to the Parhesia category. So if somebody forced you to worship Avodah Zarah before Hesia, he'd admit you should be a martyr. But that's just as Avodah Zarah is like, all the mitzvah. Okay. So when does Rabbi say, Tzotzot Misham, look what he says. Moshe Epstein, this is you right now. But sinna, if you do it in private, lo havi avera, Misham delibo lashamayim. What's libo lashamayim, guys? Yeah, you, you, you want to worship God. You're only bowing down because the silly guy's holding the gun to your head. You're not really worshiping, you know, Zeus or Buddha or whatever the case may be. Right? So it's not an act of worship. And here it's really what I think what Ruvain and Josh said. It all goes together. What's he getting at when he's saying it's a maserav? I mean, there the action has great weight, irrespective of your motivation. Who cares about your motivation? It's an act of murder. It's an act of incest. It's an act of adultery. Right? So, so far we've got one smart guy. So Tim, I'll get to in a minute. We have the svar, a very good svar for Rabbi Yishmael, why idolatry should not be a case of martyrdom, whereas murder and sexual crimes are a case of martyrdom. Now, if you guys really like the svara, you might want to know, why do we disagree? Like, those that think that idolatry is a case for martyrdom, you might wonder why. So we're going to ask that question also. One more thing, guys. But notice what Rabbi Yishmael admits to. When would idolatry be a case of martyrdom? So notice, apparently, and I think this is not so difficult to explain, but let me toss this question out there also. Apparently, parhesia would not be a function so much of intent. Okay, public, okay? So I think we should throw that in also why if you're forced, then it's not a problem in the private sector, but it would still be a cause for martyrdom in the public sphere. Okay, now, any comments we've done so far? Simcha. Okay. That's a sharp point. Yeah, but you're saying, should it, is the correct formulation, it's a Vodazara, but not a course for martyrdom? Or because of the intent issue, it turns out it wasn't active Vodazara to begin with? Exactly. I mean, it's not exactly as if you're saying, if you can do it without really doing it, then you're not really. That's not. You know what I'm I have to admit, I would have thought that the answer is, it's a Vodazara, but there's not a course for martyrdom. But look at his wording. His word, lo aviavera, is pretty strong wording, right? Yeah, exactly. So maybe he really thinks that there's simply no case like this, which is actual... Right, but in that case, it's not really... Right, but it would still be practically true that if someone tried to force you to vote Zara, that it would not be a cause for martyrdom, right? The practical psaac would still remain the same. No, I understand, but the claim would be that Every case where someone asks me to worship Zeus with a gun to the head, the standard sock should be just bow down to the idol. Right? I mean, practically, that would still emerge. I might have enough to do that. Yeah. What? There might be a practical difference. No, I'm not saying there's no practical difference, but I'm saying that if Simcha's right, I think the Gemara still makes sense. That's what I'm trying to say. It, right? Uh, Simcha's not happy. Okay. Guys, it wouldn't be a good cheer if Simcha was happy. I, I would know that there's something wrong with this year. Yeah. 
point is it becomes public, right? And we value this idea that like other people are seeing you do something wrong. But if you go to be that with Odazara, it's not like we still have this principle of doing something wrong. But it's so bad that even a tiny amount of people you just oh, wait, well, you're on the right track. Okay, that was very good. What you just said excellent. Okay, Avishai. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know if you, ah, okay, go ahead. Okay, good. So, uh, you know, Simcha and Avishai are already taking us to a place where how the public audience changes things, which we'll get to shortly. So just uh, keep that in abeyance for a second. Yeah, Adin. What should we expand it to? I don't know. Somebody says, let's say, theoretically, you put bombs around a Beit HaMikdash, and somebody says, pull the trigger, blow up Beit HaMikdash, or, or, or die, you should theoretically, and that has an impact uh, that are more than public, that are not just immediately reversible, like, stealing. Okay, but may, what if Judaism cares more about human life than the Beit HaMikdash? Then we wouldn't have died in the first Roman, in the first Jewish war. Who says we made the right move there? Who, who wanted to stop fighting? You're a historian. Come on. Let's start about stop fighting. This yeah. One, um, the Sadducees. But I don't think the Sadducees are the right guys. Who uh, had to be, according to our tradition, who had to be snuck out of the city to negotiate with Vespasian? Yeah, good. I mean, he wanted to stop fighting, no? Sure. After that, the jig was up. Okay, so. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do we take into account um, the impact of an individual uh, within his um, community or soci- uh, the society which he's living we'll, in? We'll, we'll get to we'll get to the press here. Like we, 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 rabbi versus... Uh, that, that was a very good question. That was a very good question. Hang it down. Okay, Josh? Also, we can differentiate between different types of words. I don't think there are some which are more That's an interesting question. Okay, but I'm going to ignore it for now. That's an interesting question. Okay, guys, so it's a long Gemara, so I'm going to go through the rest of the Gemara outside if you don't mind. So then the Gemara says, what's the source that the big three are, of course, for martyrdom? So regarding Rebbe Lezer, he says it comes, uh, Vodazara, Rebbe Lezer says it comes from Shema. What might be a key passage in Shema? So he says, Shema and how am I supposed to love God? What might be the key phrase? What might be the key phrase, though? So what does Rebbe Lezer say? How does one express love of God with all your soul? You're even willing to give up your soul. Okay, so again, so where does Vodazara come from? At least that's a drasha. Okay, now there comes the most, one of the most famous lines, guys. You're not a knowledgeable Jew if you don't know this line. Okay, who should we pick on here? Okay, Ezra Schiller, you ready to become a knowledgeable Jew? Okay, it's going to happen right now. Okay, the, what is the reason the Gemara why murder is the case of martyrdom? It's purely, very interesting guys, it's not a drasha. Oh, oh. It is pure svara. Yeah. What is the svara? Rafi Snowball in excellent why is, mode. Why is my life more valuable? Ah, uh, excellent. Does anyone remember how the Gemara says it though? Okay. Ah, uh, guys, you need to know this line. It's like, you know, if you play, what's that game? If you play like Talmudic Boulder Dash, you need to know this line. Okay. Mi yamer dama didach sumak tfei. Which means, who says? Very good, Mitai. Who says your blood is redder? I do that. You got the right answer, Rafi. Don't worry. You don't have to apologize. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So who says your blood is redder? Now, if you think about it, isn't the martyrdom case and murder very different than all the other cases? Because what are you arguing? Why am I justified in pulling the trigger? Because we really value human life. Well, isn't that a funny argument? I could kill the other guy because we really value human life. So maybe the strongest argument for why you shouldn't be a martyr breaks down when it comes to... Everyone agree with that? It's the only... All the other cases I have human life or some other value. But here, how could I say I have human life or some other value? I, I'm killing somebody else. So maybe given that uh, challenge, given that dilemma, what do I do? Maybe I have to go passive, right? I have no, there's also something interesting about Judaism. We tend to not like the idea... To make value distinctions, whose life is worth more? Something I always find very powerful. We tend to not like that idea very much. And here's a good example. We don't say, well, here's the 10-part calculation to figure out who's worth more to society. 
and you make a calculation and then you'll you decide whether to pull the trigger or not. We don't do that. We just say you have no right to decide that your life is worth more. Right? So everyone should know that phrase, right? How do you know your blood is redder? That's how the Gemara says it. Okay, so that's Ritzicha. But notice, Ritzicha is not from a drasha. It's from a pure svar. And then we say there's a heckish, right, when two things are juxtaposed, between murder and sexual morality. Okay, so guys, the source might be important for understanding what's happening. So this is a review again. What do we have as the source? Okay, Rabbini. Rabbini? You just realized the guys worked for more than 20 minutes just cleaning up. That's why they didn't get to be uh, putting the books back yet. Right. Oh, the, okay. okay? I just think it might not be done by your share. I'm trying to tell you. It might not be done by your share. Okay, great. All right, here we go, guys. Okay, so let's review again what the uh, sources were. Again, if you're Rabbi Yishmael, idolatry is not a case of martyrdom. And we had a good spire why. Rabbi Lezer says idolatry is based on loving God with all your soul. Where did Ritzicha come from? A pure svar of how do you know whose life is worth more? Where did Gilarayot come from? A heckish with Ritzicha. Okay, last thing, guys, and you guys, some of you have said this already. When the Gemara is trying to work out the source for Parhesia, what phrase does he use? If you did it in public, what would it be? What do you used to before? It would be a Chil Hashem. Now that seems to be a different argument altogether. What does Chil Hashem seem to have to do with? And I think Simcha did this before. The effect on an audience. Do you agree with that? So wait, now we might have an interesting distinction. Maybe the big three don't have to do with affecting the audience. That's not what it's about. When it comes to Parhesia, all of a sudden effect on the audience matters. I think we could all agree. See, that could change the parameters. Am I thinking about the act per se? Or am I thinking about how the act impacts on the audience? Okay, Jaden, what do you want to say for? Uh, I was just going to say that uh, when I learned this tomorrow, there's a research, I don't remember who it was exactly, but they, they made the argument that it's actually a little different because it's not trading exactly a life for a life. If you look at the equation, it's like you're trading a life for your life plus the Avera that you Okay, have. great, great, so terrific. Terrific. Okay, very well said. Life plus very well said. You could, you could definitely say it that way too. Okay. Dan Berger, you have any questions there in the corner? Okay. All right. We're good. Anybody else want to comment on what we've done so far? Okay. Uh, yes, Nita, did you want to say something before? Yeah. What if it's not even doing an Avera? It's just something that looks good on Avera. You're saying once we're bringing the audience, how much do we care about the formal sin? Yeah, like if a guy said, uh, oh yeah, okay, I want you to go, this is a setup. I have one of my agents over there. Okay, so can we hold off on that? We'll come back, we get to spelling it out more. Quincy. Can you just go through the four again? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Quincy, do you think it's possible we've made it long enough you could take your hat off? No. Okay. That's pretty, def- pretty definitive. Okay, well, Quincy, when will we have made it long enough for you to take your hat off? Ah, okay. Well, a little drama in life, guys. Okay. We should start like a betting pool in Yeshiva. Why don't Quincy take his head off? Okay. Uh, you, you, we'll do it not for money, okay? It's Yalek okay. What? It's Yalek Okay, there you go. Um, so, in any case, here are the four things again. Again, according to Rabbi Shmuel, what's true with idolatry? You actually should worship it. Libo Lashamayim, as Moshe Epstein says. If we're not in Rebbe Yishmael's camp, why is murder... Okay, so sorry. What pasuk is the source of idolatry being martyrdom? Loving God with all your soul. What's the source of murder being martyrdom? Not a pasuk, but a simple svara. Who says your blood's redder? What's the source of sexual crimes being martyrdom? We make a heckish that they're juxtaposed with... with murder. So it comes from Ritzicha. What's the source of a public forum being martyrdom? We use the Pasuk about trying to avoid a Chil Hashem. Okay, that's why you may even see, guys, just to get your terminology down, when we talk about Jewish martyrs, what do people say? They died Al-Kiddush Hashem. You ever heard that phrase? Well, that's this idea that somehow martyrdom has to do with sanctifying the divine name. Okay, last, last thing, and then I'll take more comments. Look at source three, the Minchas Chinuch, which he also makes a good point to Rabbi Shmuel. Even though I think the best point is what Moshe Epstein made. Look at the Minchas Chinuch in source 3. He says, Even though Rabbi Shmuel says about Azara, what should you do? Transgress. Why? Okay, what's his claim? That svar is so overwhelming that even, even Rabbi Shmuel would agree. Now notice, because things are based on different sources, Rabbi Shmuel could pick and choose, in theory. So Rabbi Shmuel might think, I'm not so convinced by the Avodah argument, that Avodah should be a case of martyrdom, but I do think that there's no escaping that murder argument. That is a pretty basic mathematical argument 
that a human life is going to be caused either way, and maybe even as Jaden said, in one case it's human life plus an act of murder, and therefore Bishmo would agree. But then he does something very interesting. And I've wondered about this for years, my morning show will appreciate this. The in came gam nar What's his claim? That sexual crimes should have the same din as Ritzicha because of that dish. But I think one can question that. You know, I've argued all the time, we don't, when we have a hekish or gzeir shava, we don't apply it to every detail. Only those details, arguably, where the svara makes sense. Right? So if there's a certain svara in ritzicha, <clears throat> and that svara doesn't carry over to sexual crimes, so it's not obvious to me that minchus chinuch is correct. Like maybe the hekish teaches you some different parallel between murder and sexual morality. Maybe it's not about martyrdom. Right? It doesn't have to be parallel in all respects. But is the Minchas Chinuch not on my team here? He says once you accept the Svara for Ritzicha, there's a natural spillover also to sexual crimes. So again, for he has a different reason. Again, what do we see some of our guys? We have reasons why Rabbi Shmo would make a distinction. So we have Moshe Epstein's great Svara in the Tosefet Yom Kippurim that the, one is intent based, one is more action result based. But now we have a different Svara of the Minchas Chinuch, but gets to the same result. What's the Minchas Chinuch Svara? Well, no one's going to deny that Ritzicha Svara, that's just so basic. And after you have the Ritzicha Svara, the Hekish takes you to sexual crimes. So lo and behold, Rabbi Shmuel is only going to argue about idolatry. I think we're off. If you put a gun to the head of the king, and we say the king's blood is redder than yours, he Wait, where, where'd that come from? How do you know the king's blood's redder than yours? Because the king sent his people to death. Why does that mean his blood's redder than yours? Because otherwise he wouldn't be able to send his people to death. Wait, so that means the judge's blood is redder too? I'm getting to that as well. Um, so would, would you be able to send <laughs> Let's get to it right now. Okay. Uh, so also, would you be able to put a, uh, a gun to his head and say, go, be, go, go fuck the commit false? I don't think, Dean, you're a very interesting fellow, but I don't see why it follows that I could judge a capital crimes case that my blood is red. I don't think it follows logically. Yeah. Then the court has no right to send somebody to death. No. Unless you have authority over life to death. I am not this... Okay, I'm going to phrase it this way. Let's say we put a, there's a serial murderer we catch. We, we're going to give him the death penalty crime. We haven't decided that our blood is redder than his. We've just decided that. I'll, I'll even prove it. Because if we would murder, we'd also be put to death. But he murdered and we didn't. What? That just helps me. It doesn't hurt me. Because that means the judges are not engaged in an act of murder. Right, because their blood is the red. No, because it's not murder. Okay, because once somebody is high in the death penalty, he's relinquished his right to live. It's not the same thing. But we don't apply that to anything else. Like, for example, if you, um, if you, if you steal something, you don't relinquish your life, right? Or it's on property. That's just because one is more severe than the other. Why, 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 why is that a good argument? The fact that certain acts are death penalty worthy doesn't mean that every act is death penalty worthy. Okay, so we're not going to fight anymore. Okay. Oh, that's a very good question. That, that's that. That was much sharper than your previous question. Yes. No. What? What happened? I scared you off because I bullied because I bullied him. No, because we have. Okay, so two things. Okay, so that was very interesting. You're just doing a lot there. I have to unpack your question for everybody. Okay, before I do that, though, Sammy, how's it going? How's the pressure being the coolest guy in Yeshiva? Still going okay? Okay, good. You look like you're holding up. Okay, so, uh, okay, here we go, guys. So, um, there's a rule called Ein On Shim Min Hadin, which usually means we don't give punishments based on a Kalva Homer. Okay, so Leib did something very interesting. He said, he made two jumps, but I, can, I think I can fight with both of them. But here's his two jumps. If we don't give punishments based on a Kavachomer, that means we don't give punishments based on Svara. Okay, that's his first jump. And his second jump is, and this circumstance would be a punishment based on Svara. Okay, so I like Leib's question a lot, but I do think it could be answered. Who would, guys, give me two good answers to Leib's question. Moshe Epstein. Ah, very good. Maybe it's a mistake to view this as a punishment. Uh, we don't give punishments based on Svara, 
but there's not a punishment. There's like a clash of values. We have to figure out which value is. I think that's the best answer. Moshe Epstein, very good. Your second excellent comment of Shir Kloli. You, sh- you should just like skip sh- Shir, just do Shir Kloli all day. And then you'd be the Yeshiva star. Okay. Yes, Noam. Um, I don't know if it's similar to what you said, but also um, like the, the actual history that you're violating is separate. The actual history that you're violating. I think at the end of the day, it's going to come back to Moshe's point. <coughs> I'm not sure if I understand, but I think at the end of the day, it comes back to Moshe's point. Okay, anyone with a different answer to the question again? You know, I like Lee's question. I think the best answer is that it's not a punishment. Yeah? In the case of sexual immorality, aren't we choosing sexual immorality over life? We, no, we're choosing, uh, yes, yes, we are. Why, why is that a problem, though? Well, if, if, if we're saying that the, if, if human value is the highest. Well, we're saying that human life, Judaism gives incredible value to human life. But, wait, wait, but the fact you give some incredible value doesn't mean it always wins. You could have incredible value and actually lose sometimes. So why would you choose any sexual value? We'll come back to that in a few minutes? Okay, wait, let me skip the, the second answer. Leave. Guys, ain't on shimin might not mean we don't get punishments based on svara. It might simply mean we don't get punishments based on kavachomer. Now, I, I'm not explaining why. That'll have to be a different shirkali. But if it's true just about kavachomer, it's maybe a different kind of svara, right, is good enough. But I think the real answer is Moshe's answer. Just, just, you know, martyrdom is not about punishments. We're not punishing you. We're just trying to figure out which value wins. No one's being punished here. We're not, we're not really saying, especially about Dilo Arayos, that a value wins, right? Yeah, you sure we are. It gets back to obvious point. No, we're we're saying, saying that we're not saying Judaism thinks rather than sleeping with your mother, it's better to die. But the Hecate doesn't show that we think Dilo Arayos is inherently more valuable. We're just saying it's there in the Torah. We, we make okay, but again, I, maybe I... Okay, but here's the story. Leave, you, you have to deal with me. Like, I'm not so comfortable saying it's just a drusha, we don't think about the implications. I would like drusha to have implications. They're, they're making statements about value. They're not just technicalities. So I think if you have a drusha that leads to the conclusion that you're a martyr rather than sleeping with your mother, it's making a value judgment. Okay? We're good? Okay, yeah. Aaron? Before you make a claim that if we're applying dinim through a that suggests that the svara would be similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, seemingly, the svara, part of the svara for Ritzicha uh, is that your life isn't any more valuable than theirs, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like it's hard to apply that same svara to you. I, I'm life. agreeing. Oh, you're saying that the, before the Minchaskina, I should have a problem in the Gemara. Yeah. yeah, that's a good question. You're right. You're right. I shouldn't have started up with the casino. I should have started up with the Gemara. You're totally right. Okay, great. Let's, one second. I'll take more comments in a few minutes. Let's get to the other category. Because it's an instant guide. Really, if you ever want to, like, uh, entertain, I don't know, let's say you're giving, like, uh, I know, uh, sheer in summer camp. You want to entertain high school kids? Thanks very much, Hunter. Like, this is a great topic. It's hard to be more interesting than martyrdom. Like, what more do you want? You know, death and life and uh, violence and sexuality and value judgments and clashes. You just can't beat it. Okay, so I, I would go with this Gemara. Okay, so let's go to uh, source four. Now, the Gemara asks a very interesting question. Look at the Gemara, because it's a good question, but you could have asked a different question. So sometimes you have to pay attention to what's asked and what's not asked. Okay, let's go to source four. The Esther Parhesia Have. Wasn't Esther... Thanks very much, Abner. What's the question, guys? I mean, what's the claim? Everybody in Persia knew Esther was sleeping with Ahasuerosh. And therefore, what's the assumption of the question? That's Gilarayo, and therefore she should have said no. And even if her life's threatened, isn't, Gilar, isn't this a case of Yahrig uh, But notice one thing though. Had the Gemara phrased the question, it was Parhesia. Couldn't the Gemara have asked a more basic question? It was Gilarayo, which is a case for martyrdom even without Parhesia. So there's two interesting things here. What is, what's the Gemara's answer going to be? I mean, why didn't Esther have to give up her life? And why did specifically ask the Parhesi question and not the Gilead question? Josh Milstein. Wasn't she not married? Ah, excellent. So everyone take a look at the Tosas on Source 6. And uh, those who love Midrash, you're going to have to live with Pshat for a second. Okay, I know the Midrash says that she was married to Mordechai. Okay, but... I think Perfox correct. Good, but if you read the Pesukim, there is no hint whatsoever that she is married to Mordechai. So we are going to assert that she was not married, if that's okay with you. Okay, Midrashic man will have to wait. So look at the Tosros on Source 6, second line. V'tiritz Rabbeinu Tam, De'ein chayavin mita, it's not a death penalty crime, al be'ilat obed kochavim. Exactly, answer Josh Milstein. I mean, even if Esther's not married, there's still an Avera here. What's the Avera? 
having relations with a non-Jew. But guess what? As I've argued all year, right, not every sexual crime is defined as Gilaraya. Right? It may well be that a fling between a single Jewish man and a Jewish girl is not Gilaraya. Okay? Especially if she's not a Okay, And what if we say the same about the Avera to be with a non-Jew? Maybe it's an Isidoraita, but it's not in the context of Ariot. So what would that mean? Since it's not in the context of Ariot, it's not a case that calls for martyrdom. So you haven't got the first answer? So why does the more just answer about Perhesia in the Esther case? Because short of Perhesia, it would not be the big three. But once it's Perhesia, it doesn't have to be the big three, and that's why the more asks the question. One second, I'll take for one second. Let's look at the more two answers, guys. This is get even more interesting. I realize, again, this is going to be one of those topics I can't possibly do in one week. But here we go. And I can't even believe it under Judah this time. Okay, let's go back to the Gemara. What's the Gemara's first answer? Amrabaya Esther Karka Olamava. Haita, Rabba Mar Manchani. Guys, again, to be a knowledgeable Jew, you need to know this Gemara. Let's analyze Abaya's answer and Rabba's answer. So, what does Abaya mean when, she says, when he says Esther Karka Olam? Yes, no. Okay, what, but what does he mean? Ah, see, we've got one of our, uh, our three feminists here. Okay, okay, we just. Okay. Uh, Judah Gortz is number three. We didn't, know, we didn't know that until right now. Okay. What does he mean, Esther Karkolamaita? Ah, guys, it, it, in the sexual act, right, it is easier for a woman to remain passive than a man. A woman could, in theory, just stay passive there and, as it were, have it done to her. Right? So once that's true, you might say, it, she has less of a need to be a martyr. Why does she have less of a need to be a martyr? Because she could choose to undergo it passively where the man would have to actively be involved in the transgression. Okay, we got that? So the claim is maybe women are different than men, and when women are more passive, therefore, we don't apply the martyrdom criteria. Okay, great. What's the second answer? What is Rava getting at, guys? Hanat Atzman Shani? What's Rava getting at? No, no, who's Hanat is in question here? Ah, very good, Yadi. What if I say it makes a difference why the oppressor is doing it? What, when someone holds a gun there and says, Bimachal Shabbos, what do you imagine? He is doing it because he wants you to violate Jewish law. Guys, was that Achishverosh's motivation? No. Not only that, he didn't even know she was Jewish. He's, he just is a tyrant who likes to sleep with people. Right? It has nothing to do with, I'm trying to get you to transgress. So, Hanad Atzmanshani. Right, his own personal joy changes. Guys, I'm gonna take comments in three more minutes. Okay, so let's just get the Gemara down. The Gemara asked Parhesia, it didn't ask Gilarayot, and the two answers are either she doesn't have to be a martyr. If you asked Abai, Abai would say because she's passive. And we asked Rabba, Rabba would say she doesn't have to be martyr because Achashvero, she's not trying to get her transgressed, but simply. Each in his own benefit. Okay, one more machloket, and we'll get to some real good lumdus here. This is not only a fascinating topic, but the lumdus is great. Now, these two factors, karka olam and hanatatzman, again, in which context did the Gemara bring them up? In the present context. What do all the Rishonim want to know? Would these factors play a role outside of the present context? Would they impact on the big three? So here, guys, there's an amazing machloket between the Baal Hamar and the Mochemet Hashem. Okay, the Baal Hamar, the Mar Gadol, I'm doing it outside, guys, can run out of time, says that Hanat Atzman would impact on the big three too. That even the big three, if the person's only doing it for personal benefit and not for trying to get a transgress, you don't have to be a martyr. However, the Ramban disagrees. The Ramban thinks that, no, no, this is only a factor, Hanat Atzman is only a factor for for Hesia and not for the big three. Guys, I'll take comments in one second. And if you look at the Ramban's argument, it gets back to a lot of this lumdus we said before. Every, uh, sorry, guys, the Ramban with the Muhammad Hashem. He's fighting with the Balmar. That's, I always say, guys, if you write a Pirish and Shir Shir, you don't call it Muhammad Hashem. Yeah, you have to be fighting with somebody. Right? You're, cool, you're right. Joshua Levi, you're not going to write a Pirish called the Wars of the Lord, right? Yeah. Okay, there you go. You're, you're, you're like a friendly guy. Why would you write such a Pirish? Okay, but the Ramban was fighting with the Balmar. So let's hear what the Ramban says, guys. Look at the end of the first line in source eight. Teda, Shari, why do I know I'm right? Shari Gimel Averit Elu HaChamurot, these three Averit are Chamur, Lo Mifnei Kiddush Hashem Nesru. Oh, beautiful. What's his distinction? They're not about, meaning, what is he saying? I would say it this way. Why are the big three cases for martyrdom? Because they're so serious. They're such severe sins. 
So it's about the gravity of the sin. Chumrat avera. Not about the impact on the audience. But what is Parhesi about? Parhesi is all about... Now, couldn't you argue as follows, guys? When will Hanat Atzman change the situation? See, here's my argument. You don't have to agree, but here's my argument. Couldn't you say if it's about the seriousness of the transgression, who cares what the motivation of the guy holding the gun is? Right? Sleeping with your sister is sleeping with your sister. And even a Vodazara is a Vodazara, ignoring Moshe's point. But it, even, the Moshe's point doesn't affect... It's not about the motivation of the transgressor. That's irrelevant. The motivation of the transgressor is irrelevant to how serious your act is. But wait, what could you argue? If it's about its impact on the public, isn't it very different if, like, as it were, Judaism is being put on trial or Jews not being put on trial? Like, if someone wants to make a public show, look, I could get Jews to be Michal Shabbos. That's going to have a big impact on the community, right? There's a loss of hope, a little bit of despair sits in. We see people being forced to be Michal Shabbos. But no one's going to think about the Akashverish example that way. Oh, Akashverish is forcing Esther to give up on her ideals. Akhenaten is not putting Judaism to the test. He doesn't even know she's Jewish. He is simply one step at a time, like most tyrants in the world. Right? So at that point, so everyone got the Ramban Svar? So now I'm going to take comments. But here again, I would think differentiating the categories is crucial. Again, very briefly, guys, the Gemara used Hanat Atzman as a factor for Parhesia. We asked, would I apply that factor to the big three? The Balamor said yes. The Ramban said no. I've tried to give a svar for Ramban that the chumra ta'avira, the severity of the transgression, is not a function of the guy's motivation, but the chil Hashem, the public impact, is affected by the guy's motivation. Okay, now comments or questions. Uh, we'll start with Sammy. Master, could one possibly make an argument that uh, if it uh, was an actual case of uh, Okay, so that's an interesting question. Okay, this is one of the tricky things about ethics, which is it's always when you when when you when uh, I'm not going to explain this line, but half of you will get it. When you want to like convert the Kantians into utilitarians, okay, which is what, what you say to them is, but what if like saving the cosmos depends upon it? So that's an interesting question. Like, would you say that okay, there's one thing if it's just Esther's life at stake. But her being with the Yashverosh was the fate of Am Yisrael. It's a very interesting question. I'll ignore it for now. Okay, but it's a good question. Uh, yeah, Abner. Okay, Adin. Um, yeah. Okay, so there's a fascinating thing that why this should be true is really interesting. It's one you should write a college paper on it one day. Which is, on the one hand, I've just argued that relations with a non-Jew is not as serious as adultery and incest, which I still think is true. On the other hand, there's a special halacha called kadna in pogimbo, that if the zealot catches them in mid-act, right, the zealot actually has a right to kill them. Now, why we should have an aver that's less serious and have a category of kadna in pogimbo is a fascinating topic, but I think you'll do your research on it. Yeah, uh, Gooby's back. Excellent. In what situation will you have now it's in a time of persecution? Because I mean, maybe not. Wait, wait, I, I didn't ask that question about how does one play in Shemad. You're right, Shemad is by definition not on a Shemad. But you're right, that's a, that's a sharp point. One other interesting thing, guys, I just want to show you one thing quickly. Look at. Where is it? Oh, I did. In the Balamar, he has an interesting line at one point. I just have to find it. Ah, can you see the Balamar, the line that begins with the Erva? Source? Uh, source 7. Sorry, the Mora Gadol is referred to as the Balamar. Okay, you see the line begins with Erva? Look in the middle of the line. He's just he's got a practical question. What's bottom here, guys? It's not a lumpish point at all. It's just a practical point. What's he struggling to figure out? Uh, yeah. yeah, again, Gil Arayot is very easy to create a motivation of Hanat Atzma. He's not sure. Could you conceive of such a case? Gil, it's a little bit like your question, right? Could you have a desire where the oppressor is not trying to make you transgress? Somehow, this is just a point of personal pleasure. He's not sure there is such a case. Okay. Zach Magwin. Yes. Um, just 
So like, wouldn't that then show that she didn't have to, like, she didn't have to be the one to save other people because these other people would have been saved, like, would have not been killed. Okay, but that. I'm not going to get into it right now, guys. This topic is better and better. Like, even all these theological tangents. Okay, that's... Zach, I'm going to say it one sentence, okay? That's exactly the danger of kind of theological determinism because it creates human passivity. Okay, yeah, Josh Milstein. Um, just going back to this question... Of the not sure if anybody understood that, but I hope somebody did. Yeah, Josh. Um, how, how, how is this with Oh, so very good. So there's an assumption here. Josh Milstein's right. The assumption here is that parhesia is not a function of 10 people actually seeing it, but communal awareness. But I agree, that's a huge assumption. That's a huge assumption. Do they know she's Jewish? No, but I think the assumption is the Jewish people know she's Jewish. Oh, wait. Okay. So okay. Jewish people. Yeah, okay. So I should have said, Simcha's right. Simcha and Josh are pointing out an important thing. We have to define parhesia. Okay, so it's, I didn't put it on the sheet, but the Gemara Sanhedrin seems to think that it's 10 Jews. 10 Jews knowing it or seeing it is the definition of parhesia. Oh, wait, this is for you. Noam, Adin, and Judah Gortz. Wait, there's something exciting, guys? Ah, uh, yes. If you, some people say women never count for a minion, it is not true. Okay, women count for a minion in the case of martyrs. Okay, so if... Uh, okay, no, Gart, you excited? Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay, so that's... Okay, so similar, the criteria is 10 Jews are witnessing, or apparently Josh Wilson's right, or are knowledgeable about what's happening. Okay, similar. Okay, very good. So, so Simcha, you caught me. Notice I tried to explain why Hanat Atzman is specific to Paris, yeah? I didn't try to explain why Karka Olam is... Okay, so that, I'm going to leave it aside, but it's a good question. Okay, what's your second point? Um, okay. And secondly, like, yeah, we did a good job explaining why it was only extended to Paris, yeah, but that to me is like, much more obvious. Why then? Why would it extend to murder? Why would I mean, you think the Ramban is obviously right? You're saying, because once you have the Svara... Oh, wait, wait a second, one second. You might be right, actually. I think the Balamar does say that. Ah, uh, oh, Simcha's right. I was unfair to the Balamar. Correct. See, guys, it shows you why. You know, sometimes I think, oh, I know this is so good, right? I don't have to prepare so hard. I should always prepare much harder. Okay, look at Source 7, the last four lines. Okay, Simcha's totally right. You see where it says, V'chein B'Shin Dalad? Yeah, the last four lines of Source 7. What's Shin Dalad, guys? Very good. V'chein B'Shvichud Damim. Simcha, look. Even if the Nachri is not interested in you transgressing, but simply having a grand old time, it'll never come under. Why? Oh, this is actually great for me. Okay, I'll tell you why this is great for me in one second. This is even better for me. Let's get it slowly for a second, guys. Okay? What did the Balmar just argue? That I overplayed his hand. He thinks that Hanat Atman could affect the Vodah Zara and could affect Gila Rayot, but can't have any impact on Shri Chodam. Wait, I'll explain right now. Why could it have no impact on Shri Chodam? Simplest point. Doesn't this far about who had you whose blood is redder? Wouldn't that Svar apply no matter what? It would be that Svar applies no matter what? So therefore, that obviously would be a case of martyrdom, even if it's Hanat Atman. But here's where things just got great for me. He did apply Hanat Atman to... Why is that great for me? Because it shows you that we'll break the heckish if the Svara, right? So now that's great for me, right? We did it. Now it's very interesting now because we did apply the heckish to create a martyrdom scenario, but we didn't apply it to all the details of the martyrdom scenario, right? That's very interesting, right? So far. No, but, right, but, but now in the Balamar we have this interesting split. Yeah, but I just, like, I'm not sure the necessarily That's fine, that's fine. But I was trying to make a point about the Balamar. Yeah. Okay, well guys, we're going to take a few more comments and do a summary, but hopefully I've whet your appetite. This is really a great topic. Okay, Aaron Levitt. Um, but based on the principle of Gaia, that if you learn one thing from something else, you can't make the thing that you're extending the DM to stricter than... Okay, how are we violating that here? Meaning, we're, we're, learn, we're learning out the fact that you have to um, die in... Well, are you dying more in Gilead or less, based on the Balamar? You're dying less. But the need to train... Oh, I hear, I hear. Okay, yeah. yeah does, the, does the redness of someone's blood matter in terms of the public-facing crime? Like, it would have a much bigger impact if you... But that's a good question. Somebody asked me that before also. Meaning, it's true that Halakha doesn't seem to care who the guy is, 
But I understand your question. You guys are all asking, well, if it's really about impact on the public, it would matter. Right? If the elderly rabbi is forced to do it, that induces more despair than if some 15-year-old high school kid is induced to do it. So I, I agree, halacha does not make the distinction, but it's an interesting question, why not? Because I, I understand your point. Yeah, Ari? Look, I, I think that, okay, it's an interesting question. It's one of you raises for also, like, when we, once, I hear what's going to happen. You know what's happening, guys? It makes a lot of sense, but I'm going to have to duck it off. When we're talking about the big three, it's very easy to make distinctions, because we say these are the most severe sins, and other sins are simply not as severe. Once I say that perhaps it's about impact on the community, you guys say that's a much more subjective category. So one of you could ask me, does it doesn't matter who the guy is? Or as Ari's saying, maybe there are things that are even sins that have a tremendous impact it's a good question, right? but I'm going to talk it for now. Okay, guys, just a two-minute summary, because I can't go over time. I don't have an excuse today. Rebuta was on time. Okay, here we go. Let's just do a quick review. So when do you have to be a martyr in Judaism? We had the big three. We had Paresia, and we had Shmat. Okay, but we would like to argue that the rationale is different, and that changes everything. Even among the big three, the rationale is different. First of all, in the big three, what is the Maverick Sheet of Rabbi Yishmael? What does Rabbi Shmuel think? Avodah is actually not a case for martyrdom. And we had Moshe Epstein and Tosos Yosemite before him, Svara, because that's more intent-based than action-based. Okay, great. Let's say the big three are all cases of martyrdom, but it's still different, because had Ritzicha become a case of martyrdom? Not because of a drasha, but because of... And wouldn't it be true that sometimes that Svara is going to apply even when other things might not apply? Where do we see that? We just saw that. So let's do another review for a second, guys. The Gemara asks, why it didn't Esther commit martyrdom? But what does the Gemara say? Esther shouldn't have because... No, before we get to the answers, the, what's the question? The question is, it's Brasio. What should the Gemara have asked? It's a riot. Right? So according to Tosvos, why did the Gemara not ask a riot? Because relation with the non-Jew is not in the riot category. But then the Gemara has two answers. And what do the Balamor and Mohammed want to know? Would Hanat Tatsman impact on the big three, right? We know Hanat Tatsman impacts on Parasya. The Balamar, we'll get to in a second. What does the Ramban say again, guys? Hanat Tatsman only impacts on Parasya, not on the big three. Why? Because it makes a lot of sense. The big three are about severity of sin, Chumar Avera. It's the same Chumar Avera no matter what. Parasya is about impact, Kiddush Hashem, Chil Hashem. And at that point, the dynamic changes based on the motivation of the oppressor. Okay, last thing. What does the Balamar say, though, guys? So this is really interesting. Let's go through all three. Okay, what does the Balamar say about Ritzicha? Who remembers? Would I not that someone play a role? No, why not? Ah, there you go, because the Svar applies either way. We get back to that Svar. Okay, according to the Balamar, would I not that someone impact on Gila Rayot? Yes. Which is good for me, because that shows you don't always have to equate Ritzicha and Arayot. And now for the last one, guys. Would, according to the Balamar, would Hanat Asman impact on Avodah Zara? Well, in theory, yes, but he thinks that there's no practical case of Avodah Zara being. But again, guys, there's always a difference between a theoretical objection and a practical objection. Okay, this is not a theoretical objection, he just doesn't think it practically comes to the case. I would love to hear more questions, but we'll do them after Minchah. Everybody have a great show. Yeah,